are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, October 20th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go out and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. If you go and follow right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you for tuning into Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here on Wednesday. On the episode today, I'll break down the Blackhawks' fourth consecutive loss to open up the season after falling 4-1 to to the New York Islanders in the home opener last night. I'll also talk about head coach Jeremy Colleton getting booed during his season introduction, and also some other stats and takeaways from last night's loss. And then I'll wrap things up on the show today by discussing the Blackhawks' continued problems at 5-on-5 five five so far this season. But to start things out this morning, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into that Blackhawks 4-1 to loss to the New York Islanders last night in the home opener at the United Center where I was uh, unlucky enough to be in attendance and I was certainly hoping to hear Chelsea Dagger more than just once, especially with the lone goal coming in garbage time once again. I'll be talking about that later on in the episode. But I will say, through the opening 40 minutes, the Blackhawks for sure put together their best start of the regular season so far. The first period in particular was a really improved effort by the Blackhawks. They didn't allow a goal in the opening 20 seconds again. Uh, And they actually wound up outchancing and outshooting the Islanders. They outshot New York 18-8 in the opening 20 minutes. Unfortunately, they just weren't able to find a way to beat goaltender Ilya Sorokin, which was the case for most of the night. And then, just a few minutes into the second period, this is when things started to go south. I mean, the second period wasn't bad, but the Blackhawks definitely didn't have the same energy that they did in the opening 20. And a couple minutes in, the Hawks have a breakdown behind their own net. Both Riley Stillman and Eric Gustafson go to play the puck. They wind up leaving the front of the net unoccupied, and Anthony Beauvillier scoops it up, jams one home down low, past Marc-Andre Fleury to make it one nothing Islanders. And by the way, as expected, Marc-Andre Fleury was in net for the Hawks, and they did roll with the lineup that I talked about in the episode yesterday morning. Um, The only change from Saturday that we saw was Hardman jumping in the lineup for Adam Gaudette. Fleury was in net as expected here for the home opener. And for Flower, you know, uh, even though, again, the stats won't show it, I thought he made all the big-time stops that he really needed to in this one to keep the Hawks alive. But once again, the defense in front kind of just let him down, mostly in that third period. But going back to the Isles' opening goal, uh, Beauvillier cashes in on the Blackhawks' mistake defensively, makes it 1-0 early on in the second. Um, Like I said, the Blackhawks didn't have as good of a performance as they did in the first period, but they did still have their chances to get on the board. And they came out of the period with a 31-19 advantage in shots on goal, but again, just had no... Way to solve Ilya Sorokin. Alex Dabrinkit, oh my gosh, I don't know how many chances he had. A couple for sure that were A-plus opportunities, including a breakaway opportunity while shorthanded late in the second. But Sorokin, 
found a way to gobble them all up during the first two periods. And then heading into the third with the game on the line, the Hawks are down one to nothing. They needed to come out with some pep in their step, needed to establish some momentum in the early going in order to find a way to eventually try and beat Sorokin, but the game was basically over before the third period even got started as Oliver Wallstrom, the Islanders' first-round pick back in 2018, who the Blackhawks actually passed over in favor of Adam Boquist at number eight. Wallstrom picks off an errant pass from Henrik Borgstrom in the defensive zone. He skates past a sprawling Jake McCabe. I don't really know what Jake was doing there. He committed to the sprawl entirely too early. Uh, and then Wallstrom walks around him, fools Flurry with a shot five hole, and that extends the Islanders' lead to two to nothing. Just 48 seconds into the third period, that was a backbreaker right there for the Blackhawks, and basically ruined any chance of getting momentum there and tying things up in the third period. And it was just an all-around ugly play by the Blackhawks' defense. As I said, McCabe sprawled entirely too early. Um, Borgstrom made a bad pass through the middle of the ice that he wasn't 100% sure of in the defensive zone. Those are plays. That can't happen, youngster, and uh, it wound up costing the Blackhawks big time. And then just a couple of minutes later, Wallstrom goes on to add his second of the night after a tremendous spinning play by Jean-Gabriel Paggio. He picks up a loose puck after a Con- Connor Murphy shot block, turns around, finds Wallstrom r- wide open at the left circle, and he makes it 3 to nothing. Islanders. No chance for Marc-Andre Fleury on that one. And then uh, the final nail in the coffin three minutes later, not that the game was already over at this point, but... Uh, Riley Stillman trips over the blue line in transition. That gives Cal Clutterbuck a ton of room to walk into the offensive zone, and he roofs a shot bar down past Flurry to seal the deal, making it four to nothing Islanders in the third period. And the Boo Birds were raining down at the UC, and the seats were getting empty pretty early. And of course, the Hawks they go on to add another garbage time goal. This one from Mackenzie Entwistle to ruin. Sorokin shutout bid in the final 30 seconds. Um, that didn't really matter, though. It was already all she wrote. 4-1 to one Islanders. They take the home opener at the United Center, and that drops the Blackhawks down to 0-3-1 through their first four games of the regular season. All right, there's my quick recap of the Blackhawks' loss to the New York Islanders last night. Coming up in just a moment, I'll talk about some of the other stats and takeaways that I had from the game, as well as head coach Jeremy Colleton hearing boos during his introduction at the United Center last night. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball has reached October. Playoff baseball is the best type of baseball. The NFL and college football are also now in the midst of their seasons. UFC has some incredible title fights coming up in the next month or so. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, hockey season is back. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest odds, news, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it also happens to be free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now on the show here today, I also want to be sure to go over a couple additional stats and takeaways that I had from last night's 4-1 to loss to the Islanders. First, as I talked about on yesterday's episode, the Blackhawks rolled with a different look in their forward lines against the Isles than we've seen so far in the regular season. Kirby Doc and Patrick Kane did skate together once again on the top line, but Alex DeBrinkett was no longer on their wing as... Brandon Hagel got a promotion and was bumped up to the first line for last night. The second line of Kubalik, Taves, and Kershev, they did continue to serve as the second line for the Blackhawks, although uh, I'm not sure how much longer that's going to last because um, for the fourth consecutive game, those three were held off the score sheet at even strength. Not a whole lot going on for those three so far offensively. The third line, however had a much different look to it with Alex Dabrinkit down there now, Henrik Borgström was in the middle, and Mike Hardman was on the wing. And those three, in my opinion, were by far the Blackhawks' most effective forward line in the loss last night. Dabrinkit, as I said earlier, had a a ton of quality chances to score a goal. And same with Henrik Borgström, who, despite committing a a horrible turnover on what what wound up being the game-winning goal, I thought he put together... Another real strong showing, even though uh, it didn't result in any points on the stat sheet or anything. He and Debrinket showed some real strong chemistry down on the third line, and I thought Mike Hardman, even though he played less than 10 minutes, uh, he, he provided some nice physicality with those two. And then the fourth line was Jujar Kara, Mackenzie Entwistle, and Tyler Johnson, who, uh, what a role reversal he's gone through the last couple of days, going from the top line in between Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane, and now getting bumped down to the fourth line with the two biggest grinders of the forward group. Um, didn't get a whole lot of ice time together, though. Kara was bumped up with the top line throughout the night. They were moving a bunch of pieces around when they, they just weren't able to find the back of the net until there were 30 seconds left. Uh, On defense, the Hawks once again rolled with Connor Murphy and Jake McCabe as the top defensive pairing. It was still kind of a tough night for them, but I would say it's the best they looked together so far. Uh, Jake McCabe, though, man, still just a little bit out of sync out there on the ice. And and whenever the puck touches his stick, man, is he having problems moving it up right now. I mean, I, I don't know if it has to do with the leg injury that he's just coming back from or if it has to do with the new system he's in, or maybe a bit of both, but McCabe just continues to be a a bit of a liability out there on the back end for the Blackhawks, which certainly isn't what the team envisioned when they signed him to a four-year deal this offseason. And then Calvin DeHaan and Seth Jones, they were paired together once again as the second defensive pairing, and those two, they, they were on top of their game last night for the Blackhawks. With those two out there, the Hawks dominated the Isles, both in terms of scoring chances and also shots on goal, and both Jones and DeHaan finished numbers one and two for the Hawks in terms of shots on goal last night with six and five respectively, so good to see those two put together probably their best showing of the regular season together, uh, especially on the defensive end. As for Riley Stillman and Eric Gustafson, though, kind of a a rough one for those two. Some bad decision-making led to Anthony Beauvillier's opening goal, and then on the last goal of the night by Cal Clutterbuck, Stillman aided at center at center ice to give the Isles a, a two-on-one. And both those two just didn't look like they were on their A game. And they finished with barely over 12 minutes of time on ice together. Uh, not sure how much longer those two can, can stick together as the Hawks' third defensive pairing with the way that they performed last night. A couple of other stats and takeaways I had from the game real quick. 
First, the Blackhawks' penalty kill continues to be a pleasant surprise here in the early going as they once again did not allow a power play goal last night for the fourth consecutive game. And they're now 10 for 10 on the regular season. And if you told me that the penalty kill was going to be um, the, the silver lining of this Blackhawks team so far through the first four games, if you told me that in the middle of the preseason, I would have thought you were bonkers because in, in the preseason, the Blackhawks had no no way to stop an opposing power play. And all of a sudden, now power plays can't find a way to put one in the net on them. Uh, also, got to give credit to the goaltending, Marc-Andre Fleury and Kevin Lankinen, for that matter. While the Blackhawks have been shorthanded this year, both both of them, I think, have been the Blackhawks' most effective penalty killers with the way that they've played in net. As for the power play, though, this was the first time this year where we did not see the Hawks score a power play goal. They, they did have their opportunities I thought they moved the puck decently, not great, but not poorly. Uh, But when they did have their opportunities, as I've talked about all episode long, Ilya Sorokin, man, was just on top of his game all night long and denied the Blackhawks any hopes of clawing their way back into this one. The last thing I want to talk about, gotta be head coach Jeremy Colleton getting booed pretty heavily during his introduction at the United Center. It was pretty awkward. Um, And of course, with the Hawks, Having the home opener last night, they introduced their their entire starting lineup to the crowd. Jonathan Taze, by the way, by far, by a mile, got the largest ovation from the fans in his first game back at the UC in nearly two years, which is crazy to think. Uh, But Colleton was the only one last night to hear it from the Blackhawks fans in a negative way. And I can't really say I blame the fans for this. I mean, four games in here, and not only have the Blackhawks still not won, but they, ha- they haven't held a freaking lead through the first four games. They've done absolutely nothing offensively. Jonathan Taze, their captain, is still without a point. Patrick Kane, one point at even strength so far. And the defense, although it was better on Tuesday, I will admit, you know, it, it did come against an Islanders team that's not really known for their offensive pressure. They're more of a shutdown and sit-back style that Barry Trotz likes to run, so... This is just literally as bad of a start as you could have drawn up for the Blackhawks this season. And with the team, you know, finally having the players to put something together, the talent isn't in question anymore. So it's just flat-out embarrassing for this team to look the way they have so far. And it starts with the man calling the shots from behind the bench because the Blackhawks just have not come close to living up the living up to the expectations that they had entering the season. And, um, I mean, it's just so frustrating that it feels like we haven't taken any steps, even though we made big-time moves this offseason, especially on the defensive side of things, to sure up that area, and it hasn't really resulted in any benefits yet for this team. One thing I did want to mention, according to Elliot Friedman yesterday in his 32 Thoughts podcast, Jeremy Colleton is not currently on the hot seat with the Blackhawks, but you, you got to think... If they keep this kind of play up, you know, I, I have to imagine, or at least a, I have to hope that the front office, you know, would would be as frustrated as us fans are at the moment. But it's only four games. I know it's about as bad a, of a four-game stretch as you could have drawn up, but um, just got to hope to get the next one here and, and start stringing together some wins. You know, as Kirby Doc said in his press conference yesterday, You can't win the Stanley Cup in October, but you can sure take yourself out of the running, and that's what the Blackhawks have done here with their 0-3-1 start to the season. They certainly haven't put themselves in a good position out of the gate. Um, Head coach Jeremy Colleton does not seem to have his job in any sorts of jeopardy, but again, if the Blackhawks don't live up to those expectations in the next couple of weeks, I think things could be starting to change with the mindset from the front office on Colleton's standpoint. 
All right, that takes care of all my stats and takeaways from last night's loss to the Islanders. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to talk about the Blackhawks' continued struggles to score at even strength. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, coconut, salted caramel, and they now have a bunch of new flavors as well like strawberry and grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you're a fan of mint. They just sent me a pack of cookie dough chunk, which is, I actually can't believe it's a protein bar. And they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more tremendous flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option, and be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. For segment three today, before I finish up the show, I still want to talk about the key underlying theme for the Blackhawks for these first four games, which is that they absolutely cannot find a way to score any goals at even strength. Once again last night, the lone five-on-five goal that the Blackhawks scored came in garbage time via Mackenzie Entwistle, and that's actually how they've now scored all three, a whopping three five-on-five goals through these first four games. My, oh my. Going back to the opener a week ago, the lone even-strength goal that the Blackhawks scored came from Connor Murphy late in the third period with the game already decided. Then, going to going back to Saturday's game against Pittsburgh, Kirby Dock scored in the final minutes of the third period once again with the team already down a bunch. And then, here last night, the Blackhawks and Whistle scored in the final 30 seconds with the team already trailing 4 to nothing. So, uh, in the meaningful points of games so far this season, the Blackhawks have not been able to muster up anything. And Jonathan Taves, as I said a moment ago, is still without a point so far through these opening four games. I know Johnny is just getting back up to speed and everything, but considering how good he looked during the preseason, and I I know he was going up against preseason defenses, but that line of he... Kubalik and Kurashev were creating on a nightly basis. So to me, it's pretty unacceptable for those three to not have just one even strength goal yet in these first four games. And same with Patrick Kane, man. I mean, the Blackhawks, I'm not trying to diss Patrick Kane here. He's my boy, but, you know, night in and night out, he's got to be the man leading the way offensively for this Blackhawks team, and he just has not done that so far. He's got only one five-on-five point through the first four games And when he can't score at even strength, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have a hard time winning many games in the NHL. And the Blackhawks have now been outscored 17-3 at even strength so far this year. Absolutely unacceptable. That's the real issue to me with Jeremy Colleton right now. The defense has been a disaster so far, and the Blackhawks have done literally nothing on the offensive side to help, help out that area. So, bad defense plus bad offense equals a bad team, folks, and that's what we've seen out of Jeremy Colleton's squad here through the first four games. Last, real quick before I let you go, I also want to talk about my gambling predictions ahead of last night's contest because I really wish I would have listened to myself and took both the under and the Islanders to win by two goals. The Islanders, I talked about on the show, they were 
At minus one and a half, they were plus 190 when I was recording the episode yesterday. That would have paid out 38 bucks for a $20 bet. And the under, I just felt pretty confident in that, knowing the Islanders don't really play, as I said earlier, an offensive pressure style of game. They kind of like to sit back. That's Barry Trotz's style. And I knew the Blackhawks were wanting to play a much more boring game than they had through the first three contests. So um, I did expect this one to be a little bit low scoring. It got close there in the third period, but the under did wind up being the correct bet there last night. And then my single prop bet that I placed was $10 on Kirby Dock to be an anytime goal scorer would have paid out 36 Obviously, that didn't hit, so I'm down $10 to start things off, sadly. And I'll be keeping track of all my bets throughout the course of the season, ladies and gentlemen. And hopefully, just like the Blackhawks, I'll be due for uh, a big comeback here in the next couple of games. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, October 20th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast as host Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin' Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.